In our study of First Peter, he's dealt with many topics. And again, remember, he is um, challenging these believers that um, are facing many difficulties um, to step up, have courage, have faith, and in, in this passage, he encourages them to do what is right, to have compassion one of another, verse 8, love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Verse 10, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. For he that will love life. Now, you look around at life, you see, you hear some of the things we've heard today. You look at life, at what's going on, and, and admittedly, in, in some situations in life, there may come a situation where I don't love life. I don't want you to raise your hands, but, you know, people come to points in life where they say, I hate life. And, and maybe it's because of difficulties that have come into their life. Maybe it's because of, of injustices. But as believers... It is important for us, and he takes it for granted, he that will love life. As believers, we ought to have a love for life. It's implied here <clears throat> that it is right to love life. And he is implying here that we must deliberately decide to love life. It is an act of our will. He who wills to love life. It's an attitude of faith that sees the best in every situation. It's the opposite of a pessimistic, negative attitude expressed in, in Ecclesiastes where he came to the conclusion, therefore, Ecclesiastes 2.17, therefore, I hated life for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And, and sometimes we can come to a point in life that I just, what's the purpose of all this? We can decide to endure life, just kind of put our neck down and plow through it as a burden that we have to bear. We can try to escape life as though we're running from a battle. Or we can enjoy life because we know God is in control, God has a purpose, and God is at work. So Peter here is urging his readers to take this positive approach to life. And by faith, to make the most of every situation. 
It is implied, as we said, that it is right to love life. So, honestly, many times we as Christians don't show a whole lot of difference from our worldview perspective that we actually love life. Oftentimes we see it as a burden that we're bearing. We, we see it as just something I have to trudge through to, to get to the other side. And, and oftentimes we're not loving life. So basically today what I want us to look at is is why should we love life? Number one, life is a gift of God and it is a blessing. Life is the gift of God. That's why, that's why we're pro-life. It is God that gives life. So if, if God gave this gift, the gift of life, this is a good thing that God intended for us. It is um, the nature of Satan is death. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have what? Life. And that you might have it abundantly. Life is the nature of God. God is life. He created life. He gave physical life. He gives spiritual life. He's all about life. But just our physical life is a gift of God. Life represents potential. It represents growth and opportunity and action and hope. So, why should I love life? One, because life is a gift of God. It is a blessing. Number two... God has given us life so that we can see the works of God. The heavens, Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. As a believer, haven't you found yourself giving glory to God when you've seen a a gorgeous sunrise or a beautiful sunset or you see the wonder of His creation, the majesty of, of the mountains, or the, the power of the oceans, or the beauty of spring. All of that is God. To have the privilege to give praise to God, who alone gives us every good and every perfect gift. One of the great problems that we have... We see His wonders, but we don't give praise to the Maker of the wonders. If you see the mountain, but don't see the God of the mountain, we're missing it. If you see the, the miracle of a, a new calf in the springtime hitting the ground, there's nothing like a calf jumping and it's hind in jumping around the other side, right? Amen? That's, that's beautiful. But if all you see is that and don't see... God gave us life so that we could see this is all all His creation. And it it shows us the wonder of God. Aren't you glad God didn't make everything green? Or I don't care what color. If everything was all the same color. 
I mean, the varieties, all this. That's life. And, and we get to see life. And we get to see the works of God. George Washington Carver asked God to reveal to him the purpose of the peanut. And he came up with over 300 uses for a peanut. If it weren't for George Washington Carver, you wouldn't have peanut butter, all right? Incidentally, George Washington Carver, a a brilliant man, and discovered many things, but his key was asking God. And he said, I want to glorify you, God, by showing what is your purpose for a peanut. And he showed forth the glory of God. Fascinating study if you're not familiar with his life. Uh, Go read about George Washington Carver that glorified God. But why should we love life? Thirdly, It is an opportunity for us to prepare for eternity. This life is not the real deal. It's the warm-up for eternity. Billy Graham, as you know, passed this last week. He said, someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I will be more alive than I've ever been before. What he was saying is, the purpose of this life is to prepare for real living. And you can't prepare for eternity unless you prepare in this life. A dead person can't prepare for eternity. So, he says, love life. Billy Graham also said, when we reach the end of our earthly journey, we will have just begun. See, the purpose of this life is to prepare for eternity, but there's a major problem. Sin is the problem, and it must be dealt with. And there's only one way to deal with sin. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin separates us from God. And nothing can bring us back to God. Church membership can't do it. Baptism can't do it. Good works can't do it. It's only through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. He paid the penalty for my sin. I did the crime... He took the penalty for my crime, my sin. He paid for it so that I could be reconciled to God. And it is only in this life that you can prepare for eternity. It is only in this life that you can receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And once you have, it gives peace and contentment knowing that we have a home in heaven. Preparation for eternity, this is very important, preparation for eternity involves not only salvation, I fear many people stop right there. I'm, I'm saved. Preparation for eternity involves salvation 
and the laying up of treasures in heaven. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth, but use this life. Think of that. I can live in this life with all the sin around, with the curse upon this earth. I can live in this life, but be laying up treasures that are eternal. And so he says, here you are, believers, scattered throughout Cappadocia and the regions there. He said, remember, love this life. It's a time to prepare for eternity. And fourthly, it's a time to do good to others. We are saved, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we are saved unto good works. You're saved in order to do good works. 1 Timothy 6.18 says we are to be rich in good works. Titus chapter 2, we are to be zealous of good works. We are to urge one another to good works. In other words, this is the only time, this life is the only time that you and I can do good works. It's the only time that, that I can minister good works. And he's called us to that. To, to minister to others. Every day we ought to be, we ought to be saying and, and thinking, Okay, God, who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to do good to? Who do you want me to encourage? Who do you want me to help? This is when we have the opportunity to do that. And fifthly, this life gives us the opportunity to show the glory of God. That we should be, to Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise of His glory. There comes a day when you won't be able to show forth the glory of God as he gives us the opportunity here. It's an act of faith to love life, to say, wow, here's a day that I can use to glorify God. Admittedly, there'll be, there'll be challenges and difficulties. No one knew that more than the people that Peter wrote this letter to. But he said, I want you to realize this fact. Love life by an act of faith, believing God is in control, believing God is at work, and believing that God will bring justice and go forth and show that you serve a different master and a better master. Now let me ask you something. If people were to look at your life and closely examine would they find, number one, that you love life? Number two, would they find that you serve a different master? And would they conclude that you serve a better master? Or do we go through life ho-hum, complaining about this and griping about that? Or do we show forth this is a gift of God. And sure, there are things that, that around us we, we don't in particular enjoy. But we have an opportunity to take this gift and glorify God. The benefit of life is not in the length, 
but it's in how we use it. Those that sometimes live the least live the longest. Meaning, they may have a short life. David Brainerd lived 29 years, but he invested his life in reaching the American Indians. He gave his life those brief years that he had. And he loved the life that God gave him. Are you complaining about the life that God gave you? He that would love life, like that's a good thing to do. We don't have the time today, and and I didn't intend to take the time today. But how do we love life? You love God and follow His design. Peter's telling us, this is God's design. He, he just told us this last week. This is God de- God's design for wives. This is God's design for husbands. This is God's design for servants. This is God's design for laborers. Love God and follow His design. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So if, if we understand Jesus' goal is life and abundant life, and He wasn't just talking eternity... If that's what we know He said He would do, why do we hesitate obeying Him? Why do we hesitate following His design? You know, one one question we need to learn to ask as believers is, in everything, what is God's design for this? What is God's... So you, you start out, you're single. What is God's design for singlehood? What is God's design for marriage? What is God's design for family? What is God's design for work? What is God's design for money? What is God's... And to go through... Until we learn what God's design is, we may be fighting against Him. But once you learn God's design and cooperate with Him, you can love life. Does it mean there won't be days of bad news and maybe... Burdens that you bear, sure there'll be those. But we can still love life in understanding this is an opportunity that God has given me. That we can rest in this fact. That we can rejoice in this fact. This is something that God's given. I I, I wish that, that we could just wave a wand over every Christian in our nation and, and make it so we loved life by loving God and following His design. I tell you what, it would bring revival in our land. Some, some of us are the worst adver- advertisements that God has. You know, a bad advertisement, you pull it off the air. We ought to be thankful that God isn't pulling us off the air. If there's anybody that should love life, it is us. It is realizing, wow, and even though I go through the valleys, He is with me. Even though great burdens, His yoke is easy and His burden is light, He's there with me to help me. And this is a gift that I have that I'm not guaranteed of. So I'm going to rejoice in this. 
We get too busy counting everything that's wrong and everything that's bad. And and I know I, I have to bring myself back in. I get wrapped up about, oh, that isn't right and that isn't. And wait a minute. This is a great opportunity God's given me to live, to represent truth, to bring glory to Him. And whatever my hand finds to do, I want to do it with all my life with all my heart, with all my soul. See, mere existence is not life. The art of living, of of truly and really and joyfully living, sad to say, very few know it. But it's to know God and walk with Him and see things from his perspective. So the most important question today is, are you prepared for eternity? That's, what, that's the major purpose of life, is to prepare for eternity. Do you know that you know that you know that you have eternal life? Is there evidence in your life that you are a child of God? And then... If you say, no, there is no evidence in my life, then we need to come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and the salvation of our soul. If you're here today and you say, I know Christ is my Savior, but you know what? My life is not a good advertisement or testimony of Christ. I really have allowed myself to not love life. I've seen life as an antithesis of eternity. Good will happen in eternity, but in this life, nothing good happens. Isn't what God said? God said there's great opportunity every day for every one of us to lay up treasure in heaven, to do good to others, to glorify God, to see His handiwork and praise Him, and to... Enjoy life. The writer of Ecclesiastes then came around and said, Wow, life is a great gift. Apart from God, it's vanity and vexation. But he said, Rejoice with the wife of your youth and and enjoy this life. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And fear God and keep His commandments. That's the whole duty of man. Go enjoy it, is basically what he said. And yet we don't, and it's a mar on God's name. Do you love life? Do you love God? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would minister in our lives that we would see what you have given us just in physical life. That we're able to to see as we're even now coming into the prospect of spring, all the life that you produce. Lord, may we stand in awe of your greatness, not only in creation, but your character. And may we see every day as a gift from you. And and may we not allow Satan to rob us of our joy. And I pray as believers that we joyfully 
would look for ways to bless others, to do good, to lay up treasures in heaven, to glorify you. And Lord, I pray if there is one here today that has never trusted you for the forgiveness of sins, they do not know that they have everlasting life. Lord, before they leave, I pray that they would settle that before you. And if they need someone to meet with them and pray with them, Lord, that they would mention that to us. Lord, thank you for this gift of life. Forgive us where we murmur and complain. Lord, forgive us where we mope around and, and do not have the joy of you. We do not love life. I pray today that we would love life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.